Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So, my guest now uh, says Alberta's most successful premiers have directly challenged federal government initiatives, and they won. And our guest points to Premier Peter Lougheed taking on the National Energy Program of Trudeau I, successfully launching a constitutional challenge of the natural gas export tax, and the tax was removed. Premier Lougheed also oversaw Section 92A of the Canadian Constitution, which confirms provincial jurisdiction over the development of crown lands and resources. Ted Morton is the former Alberta Finance Minister and Minister of Energy. He's a political science professor emeritus at the University of Calgary. And Professor Morton joins us. Can you guys put him on, please? Because my telephone screener here is not being cooperative. Ted, uh, your, your column in the Calgary Herald uh, yesterday, uh, Sovereignty Act shows Ottawa that Alberta will continue to fight for its rights. So there have been many, det- there are many detractors of the Sovereignty Act. You don't agree. Why? Well, there were early versions of it, uh, actually never the Act, talk about the Act back in May, June, July, that raised concerns about the rule of law and issues like that. But if you actually look at the statute that was that was introduced uh, last week, it's very explicit. It has nothing to do with separation. It affirms the rule of law. Uh, it says explicitly that the Alberta government will not disobey any court decisions, won't force any Alberta individual, Alberta citizens or businesses in Alberta to do something that, that's illegal. So a lot of the speculation that was, that was kind of hovering around back in early summer, midsummer, is all addressed very specifically in this and is, uh, I think, by and large put to rest. So I'm, I'm just looking at a uh, global news story here, and I just want to read you a couple of lines. Every decision that's going to be made has to first get the validation from the Assembly. This is a quote from the Premier, Premier Smith. And the story goes on to say, if a resolution passes in the House identifying a federal matter deemed unconstitutional or harmful to Alberta, the bill grants cabinet powers to unilaterally rewrite provincial laws without sending them back to the legislature for debate or approval. That has, that's sticking in some people's craws. And before you say, uh, I know you're going to say something here, but I, I, just wanted, I just want to mention this. Mr. Trudeau has a history of uh, making decisions that don't involve Parliament. He certainly tried in 2020 to give Bill Morneau, his then finance minister, power to tax and spend without any parliamentary oversight for two years. People seem to forget that. Yeah, well, this concern with the so-called Henry VIII Clause, you you don't want a king unilaterally making decisions and policy without the support and the consent of the legislature. But again, if you read the the Sovereignty Act closely, Section 3, which is the resolution that would go to the uh, Legislative Assembly, the Alberta legislature, it doesn't just identify the what, in other words, what is the violation of provincial jurisdiction or what is the harm? But the, but the uh, resolution also then says what needs to be done. So then that moves then over to a, to a cabinet and a cabinet minister. And whatever the cabinet or the government does has to conform with the resolution. If it doesn't, that can be challenged in court. Uh, and, and by and large, I think it will be in the interest of uh, the government and certainly the premier to make sure that what they do is consistent with what the resolution is. So I think the critics are, are partly right on this in theory, but in practice wrong. But in reality, we'll have to wait and see 
specific instances to see whether or not that problem actually develops. Yeah, and that's really critical, isn't it? Wait and see. You can't assume that the government of Alberta is going to object to and and, and refuse to accept all of the, each and every piece of legislation or each and every decree that comes down from Ottawa. That's going to be a selective process. Well, Roy, you know, you, you've known me for a long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from my early 70s now. Uh, I became involved with what I'd call the Western small R reform movement back uh, in the early 90s. I spent 25 years, first with the Reform Party, Senate elections, then in the legislature, in lots of what I've written, uh, Senate elections. We got Stephen Harper elected as prime minister for nine years. But after all of that, that's, a, that's my generation, the baby boom generation in Alberta. We worked hard for 30 years. And after all of that, we saw in 2015, we're just as vulnerable, maybe more vulnerable, to the same kind of policies that uh, Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, brought in back in 1980, the national energy policy. We're just as vulnerable now as, as we were 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So it's time for a new plan. Uh, what we, I hate to say it, uh, but what my generation did and tried to do with reforms to the Senate and so forth didn't work. Uh, I think the Sovereignty Act recognizes that and says, if we can't change Ottawa, Alberta has, to, Alberta has to be like Quebec. It has to take more control of its own policy areas. And that's Sovereignty Act is the first step in that direction. Yeah, and that's certainly what I heard from Premier Mo of Saskatchewan on this program not so long ago. Uh, his initial statement was that uh, he expected or he would expect for Saskatchewan the same kinds of rights that uh, Quebec had within within Confederation. And of course, Saskatchewan's now introduced the Saskatchewan First Act. The Premier introduced that uh, some some weeks ago and talked to us about that. Now, and we're this, we're from the same generation, Ted. So. When, when you when you look at um, when you look at for example the uh, the carbon tax, and I and I, and I think this is what uh, certainly what I'm seeing from listeners in Alberta who are siding with the Sovereignty Act. What what they're saying is, look, here's the carbon tax that was foisted on us, and, and we challenged it in court, and the Alberta Court of Appeals sided with the province. But then, of course, it goes on to the Supreme Court of Canada, and the Supreme Court of Canada sides with the federal government. And what I see time and again, tell me if you agree or disagree, Ted, is that the Supreme Court of Canada has a, uh, it's almost preconditioned, uh, or whatever that word is, to, to, to support or, yeah, to support the federal positions. Fair comment or not? Well, uh, yes. Uh, I've actually, in my academic work, focused mostly on the Supreme Court and constitutional law, charter of rights, division of powers issues, and I've been very critical of the Supreme Court. I think uh, because of the uh, appointment process there, Quebec's guaranteed three judges, Ontario's guaranteed three, nobody else has any guarantees. Um, Quebec actually even participates in choosing the judges that come from Quebec now. No other province has that. And so... Their interest uh, is the interest of Ottawa, the federal government, and by and large the Liberal Party. And things like provincial rights and federalism, I think, are, as I wrote, viewed more as obstacles to be overcome and not priorities to be protected. And for Scott Moe and uh, Danielle Smith, and I think for a growing number of Albertans, you know, sovereignty says federal government has these set of powers, the provinces have these sets of powers, and they're not, they can't invade one another's jurisdiction. But that and in theory, the Supreme Court is supposed to be the umpire, the neutral umpire when there are disputes. But uh, I think if you ask Peter Lougheed <laughs> or almost any other 
uh, Alberta premier of the last 30 or 40 years, they wouldn't have too much confidence in the Supreme Court as that neutral arbiter. So, Ted, uh, your position would be that the Sovereignty Act is the right fight at the right time for Alberta. For Alberta, for sure. I mean, the uh, the Alberta suffered, and, and, and I don't mean the province, I mean the people of Alberta suffered a huge recession from 2015 to 2020. There was $100 billion of investment that left this province. Uh, foreign, foreign investment left altogether. Companies collapsed. People lost jobs. When people lose, lose jobs, bad things happen in the community, at home. There was lots of suffering, human suffering, in this province for five years. Now, with the comeback that started in the last 18 months, investments coming back, things are starting again. And I think there's a real, and, and people want that. But there's a realization, and everywhere except it seems Ottawa, that what happened in Ukraine and the Russia on February 24th has changed things. In, after February 24th, energy security and food security are now the two biggest priorities of the free world, and frankly, much of the rest of the world as well, because of the vulnerability, we see the vulnerability of Western Europe, and particularly, well, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, and especially Germany. And Canada is better positioned well, maybe along with Australia, a better position to address these issues of energy security and food security uh, in the coming decades of any of this could be the beginning of uh, some real, not something that's just good for Alberta and Western and, West, and Saskatchewan and Western Canada, but for the entire country. But somehow that message has still not gotten through to the Trudeau inner circle. And I think you're going to see a debate, not just between Western premiers and, and Justin Trudeau, but also from Pierre Poilievre, and he's going to be talking to people in Ontario and in Quebec, that this is an opportunity for all Canadians. Climate change is important, but people are realizing it's going to take a lot longer and be a lot more expensive, the so-called transition, than Justin Trudeau has told Canadians. And in the interim, energy security, food security, global priorities, Canada very well positioned to be do very well in the next decade or two. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 